0: Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So, in case you ain't know So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, we got the Marlins winning yet another series before they head into the All Star break, and UFC 290 put on a bunch of bangers. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go! Like I want you to bring this energy every time we record. Like You have to bring this energy every time
1: we record. I mean, you I know, don't know. Do what you got to do. Know, I don't know. I don't know if the energy is different somehow. I don't know <laughs> if it's just being received differently today Maybe. on this glorious Monday. It's a glorious Monday. You know, Monday. Tuesday by the time you're listening to this. <laughs> Hopefully it's glorious. <laughs> yeah. The Tuesdays are a little weird. I'm not going to lie. We got wor- to worry always. about the river when we get to the bridge. Facts. So, what's going on? So, what's going on, my G? Chilling, man. I got the the I OG, see you rocking
0: the OG. You know what I'm saying? I feel
1: like Terry Crews out right here, man. <laughs> mm, mm, give me, give me, get a whistle, dog. Is that
0: dog? <laughs> Y'all can't see this because the angle isn't the best. But fuck, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was awesome, dog. Uh, yeah, man, hot ass weekend right we don't have that much going on in the world of sports right but we got our Marlins
1: thank god for the athletes cuz it is a scorcher out here in south florida
0: cuz we we talked about it earlier but i don't know how anybody can work outside bro so if you're in south florida and you work outside the sports with so so yeah. show salute you dog big shout time. out
1: to all the roofers out there and all the outdoor laborers you know your ciders and your carpenters and whoever the hell else works outside in the, in the so your landscapers your gardeners tip I, those guys extra in the summer man i'll tell you a funny uh,
0: uh a crazy story i left my laptop you know sometimes i come straight from work so i leave my equipment in the car right last week when before we did the show i left my equipment in the car and when i got it out it was fucking warm as shit warm brand new. hold
1: on your brand new laptop brand
0: new don't tell my girl she's listening to this but don't tell son i well, told you brand new and i was like dog this shit is way too hot so whatever i open it, everything's fine whatever but then today when i got to work i was like guess who's coming inside yeah, remember, <laughs>
1: laptop remember when you held down the roadcaster i told you about that that day too i was that like bro was yeah it gets way too hot in the in the car dog, golf clubs too Golf clubs too, bro. Take them out the truck. Take them out the car. Take them out the car. I
0: always leave my shit in the AC though,
1: bro. bro I always would leave my my clubs when my my first set. I would always leave them in the whip because I was always playing. Yeah, so I was like, wow, I gotta take it down. Like it's not gonna mess them up. <laughs> it messes them up. Absolutely, <laughs> so, messes the up. Get loose. What specifically? It's the epoxy with the that connects the, the or the glue that holds the Correct. club head and the shaft. Correct. That will you know. Loosen up over time. So yeah. and then you find yourself hitting a ball, you
0: know, in the you're... fucking club that goes 15 <laughs> yards. Uh, Maybe hopefully... not farther than the
1: ball. And hopefully <laughs> you can find. I've seen that happen a couple of times. Shout out to Omar. Shout out to Obi. It happened
0: to me with the t- uh, the tester driver that you have here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You put a whole new learning one. You put a whole new shaft and grip on it. Put a whole new grip on it. Dog. I should have said, see ya.
1: Wouldn't want to be you. I think it's sitting there, brand new. So check it out any sports or so listener wants an old beat up driver to practice on, to, to get into the game of golf, to practice on, shout out,
0: hit us up. We, we got something for y'all, man. Yes, sir. Um, you know who else has something for us, bro? The Marlins, yes, bro. They, they've honestly made this summer completely, completely bearable from a sports mm-hmm. standpoint, right? Because right South now, Florida st- sports South standpoint. Florida, right for us. Um, because if you think about it, he aren't in action, right? We're in free agency, waiting to see what happens with Damian Lillard, which we'll get to later on in the show. Um, same thing with the Panthers. Their season is done. Draft is done. They're out of it. So, like, we're not really in practice mode yet for football and the Dolphins, right? So, what do you have left? You have baseball. And, obviously, you know, combat sports, your, your mixed martial arts, your UFC, your pride. Other, other national events. Right, other national events. You got tennis going
1: on with the Wimbledon, Um home run derby which is uh tonight yeah yeah by the time you're listening to this you already know who the winner is for sure but but
0: my point being like the marlins made you forget that nothing else was happening in south florida sports sure right and when when you're talking about a record of 53 and 29 at the halfway point you have to be not only amazed by what this team has been able to accomplish right but you also have to be you know kind of have to have your ears perked up and say, bro, let me keep my eye on this team because they're definitely heading in the direction where there's a playoff berth in the realistic probabilities, right? There's a chance to win a playoff game, maybe get deeper into the playoffs. Like there's a lot going on with this team that is just like right below the surface. On the surface, all you see is the record. The Martins are winning and they're not as bad as they ever were down here, right? But, right.
1: But I think, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I have a high level right because then you think then you think about it you got
0: you have a guy who's battling uh you know the MLB to hit 400 and he's only off by 0. 0.12 right because he's batting 388 we're talking about Luis Luis Ariz. um you have a guy who's emerged as a dominant pitcher from the from the farm system in Yuri Perez right you have these guy this one guy in particular that didn't have a I had a terrible subpar season last year in Jorge Soler, who's now in the top three, top five of home run leaders in the majors.
1: A guy that we signed two years ago for that particular reason. Right. So now
0: and then and then you add everything else on top of that.
1: Jazz coming in and playing a new position, missing
0: games, coming back, right? Um Lazardo. Jesus Lizardo being a great fucking pitcher. Braxton Garrett, who we drafted, right, and brought up through our system. Another pitcher who's Developing into a real caliber starter. That was my watch. (laughs) Uh, Just a lot that you look at this team and say, we got pieces. We have pieces to go out there and be competitive. We have pieces to go out there and win. Now let's go out there and see them do it. And the Martins have done that, bro. They just won five out of the last seven games after, you know, getting swept by Atlanta, which is the only team that
1: fucking owns us. This year? Oh, not this year, historically. Historically. Uh, the Braves always, I always say it. I say it on the show all the time. Anytime we bring up the Braves, they got the Marlins number. Yeah, they do, man. And yeah, they're, they they're still killing it. They're the hottest team in baseball. You know, if it wasn't for the Braves and maybe one other team, I'm trying to think who else right now is having a great stretch. Tampa Bay, The Phillies were doing all right up until they caught to us. You know, they Correct. took that first game and... We'll get into those now, but yeah, I think, you know, besides the, oh yeah, Tampa, you said, right? The Rays. As far as the Major League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So overall, I think if it wasn't for the Rays and if it wasn't for the Braves, you, you know, all of the league would be on official notice of the Marlins. We'd be the best team in
0: the majors. And what's crazy is that we're, we're playing such dominant baseball, right? And we're still eight and a half games behind Atlanta. And honestly, those eight and a half games has been every single game we lose to Atlanta. Because we only beat <laughs> them once this year. Oh. <laughs> that shit is rough, right? Yeah, dog. But it just shows you how good Atlanta is, right? They're they're the first team to win sixty games so far this season. Nobody else is is even close. Well, they're close. Tampa Bay has fifty eight, but they had to get like into a, a hot streak to get up there. Uh, but Atlanta's just been dominant, straight up. But there's a big difference between the two franchises. Yes.
1: Not not just in terms of talent. I'm not going to get into the X's and O's of our pitchers and their pitchers mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but. Culturally, you talk about mm. culture mm. and the Braves have a phenomenal baseball culture in Atlanta. Um, they sell out pretty much every single game. It's 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 like a place to be. You know, it has that environment like your Chicago, you know, at Wrigley or Boston at Fenway, you know, that that's what the Braves have cultivated there so much. So where people go there and it's like, oh, shit, I, I'm a Braves fan now. You know, yeah, they, they under they had they have fun and, and it's a winning product and it's it historically has been a winning, you know, organization. So it's, it's the, that's the, one of the main things that separates us and them is we don't have that culture yet.
0: For sure. And we're, we're on our way to building it. Right. And I feel like this season is a really good platform for them to jump off and, and head into that direction because, you know, like I was saying earlier, we have all these pieces in place, Right. And now is when it's starting to come together in order to get the wins to help compete or be like a team like the Braves. You mentioned it. The Braves have won multiple World Series, compete in the playoffs every other year. Um, have had eighty win, you know, ninety win seasons a bunch of times. Like those are things that teams have to aspire to, especially when you're like the Marlins, right? That you have so much talent scattered, but you have the talent. And a good future. Correct. At least
1: at least no
0: no, the prospect with of the a great right, future.
1: Correct. Yeah, there it is. That's the proper phrasing for that. Right?
0: And just just the fact that they've been able to win games, bro, and stay in competitive baseball form is is amazing, you know.
1: Oh, go go ahead and let it out <laughs> big fella. Me.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, we're heading into the the All-Star break with the most wins that we've had as a franchise. Ever at the break? At
1: the break, 53 wins. This Marlins team right now, currently. 53 wins, bro. I was thinking that, man, because that's up there. Like, how many games over 500 is that? Is that 15 games over 500? Correct. Or more? Four, yeah. No. We're 53. 14, 53 and what? 14.
0: 29. 14. 39. Excuse me. 14 games.
1: So, I mean, that, 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 that's remarkably way above what I had for the Marlins I think anybody had for the Marlins at this point in the season. Absolutely, man. Joel, when we again, we can
0: go back and look at the the uh, episodes that we did when the Marlins season was starting. We were like, just keep us in five hundred, keep just it at five hundred, and
1: in, in the mix, and
0: people will look and, and just check the box score and be like, oh yeah, let me flip this channel and see. Oh, the Marlins are losing, winning, whatever, but they're still a five hundred team. Now everybody's invested because we have a bunch of things, like I said, below the surface that add actual um, depth and you know substance to this team that we have right now. Luis Araya is battling, like, trying to get to 400 is fucking amazing, bro. Incredible. I don't even know what word to use because it's so, it hasn't even been done in such a long time. This is a game that really, really matters. uh, Or I take that back. This is a game that really stands on its statistics, right? Like, and the history of its statistics. And for Luis Araya is to be really close really, really close to making major league history is wild. And obviously, you know, it catches the national attention, a guy who's batting 400. But then you look at a guy like Yuri Perez. This kid has come in and won a bunch of games for us. He won five games for us, as left with a 5-3 and three record before getting designated back down to AAA. And the only reason why he was designated, a lot of people were kind of speculating, like, is He's it the two well. loss? Right, is it the back-to-back losses? Because he was 5-1 and, and then had two back-to-back losses. But... They also—the baseball business side of it, right, where you kind of want to keep his his rights as a as a rookie-type pitcher, not, you know, get his innings on gotcha. the way up, get all his games played to kind of w- play the contract game, right? Gotcha, okay. So that's the reason why. But even still, in, even in his last start against Philadelphia, you know, he only gave up one run. He only gave up one run, and we yeah, lost yeah. that game 3-0. And this is a
1: 20-year-old kid we're talking about.
0: 20-year-old kid. And we just drafted another high school pitcher and, and another— co-
1: Pitches. we'll get to them right because the MLB draft is weird at Super least basketball weird. NBA draft is after the season yes NFL draft is right before the season right or the NBA no actually the NBA draft happened during the play season, playoffs well no it's after the season the finals
0: were over and then the NBA draft oh happened. it's the draft lottery Correct. The lottery happens, and then, but then the, the
1: draft happens after the lead, after the season. For the NFL, it's before the season. Correct. I guess both, depending how you look at it. But whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but it's not happening during Safety. the season. Correct. Like the MLB, this like is the that's...
0: only sport that that shit happens.
1: And with our first round pick, right? That was our yep. first round. We yep. drafted a kid out of high school. Yep.
0: Uh, Noble Myers at a, a high school in Oregon, tenth overall. Pitcher. A, a pitcher. Uh-huh. By all means, of ace. From what everybody is saying, this guy has all of the tools and the skills and the wherewithal mentally to be an ace. He's a guy who's a kid who really commands his pitches, doesn't get rattled too much, can give up a hit, two hits, a big hit, whatever comes back in and locks down, um, has a fastball that can reach triple digits potentially. So he, ha- he has skills, he has talent, but with a high school pitcher, you're not going to see that guy in most teams for five years, six years, if he even makes the debut with the team that drafted him. Cause You and I know in baseball, you're always trading prospects, right? Yeah, we're trading prospects for this player or whatever. I just think that the Marlins are are recognizing this is the type of stuff we have to do where we draft players who fit our mold in order to bring them up earlier and have them contribute to the team that we have, knowing that we're not going to be able to pay a huge payroll. And if you look at the Martin's payroll right now, it's not, you know, you can Google it right now. We have it's,
1: the lowest payroll we, in the end uh, We're in the, the bottom
0: leagues. five every year. Why? Because we just happen to run our baseball team like that, whatever reason it is. But now it's different because there's a formula behind it. Well,
1: I mean, you can't get fans in the stands. You can't justify paying a big contract to these players. You got to work it with makes what it you harder. got. Yeah, you got to budget. Um, but yeah, man, if, if he's a top 10 overall pick. Stunned. There's big expectations for that. You know, granted, sure. obviously, I understand what you're saying. You know, we might not, we might never see this guy. Um, but, you know, at, at least it tells you that the Marlins, you know, are um, are willing to take some risks right now, especially with the draft. I mean, and that's what we've always been able to do is bring up these guys, you know, these, these un, not undrafted, but, you know, these guys that we draft and we grow internally and then turn around and trade them away and they become Cy Young award winners. <laughs> like McGill <Miguel> Cabrera. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't, uh, don't want to get into all yeah. that right now, but, but I get, it. You, get, I get it. It. you, I
0: get, get it. I get you. I get you. But the difference is, is that, again, I think that this Marlins franchise right now, the way that they're operating is in the, towards the sense of like, let's build towards the future while being competitive right now. We have enough to be competitive right now, but let's keep adding. Let's keep adding. Let's keep uh, adding. That's the only way to right? do it. Um, yeah, man. And and you, and you got to bring up players, bro. You got to bring up players that, again, fit your roster fit your, your vision, fit your direction, right? Like all these, you know, words that people use, but they hold some type of value because at the end of the day, when you do have those things or, or when you're applying that, you become more successful. Doesn't mean you're going to win a fucking world series. It doesn't work like that. You need a lot of luck, a lot of things to fall in the right place, right? Win games, but the Marlins are starting to do those things that can help you get to that place where you have a chance to make it to
1: the world series. Or, or or at the very least when you go to the when the playoffs. When you go, if if you are gonna give the Martins a chance, you're not a baseball fan, you say, you know what, I don't have a team. Let me go look at this. It's my local team. And you can go there and have a good time because the ambiance is great, but also the team is a winning team. And you don't have to root for the opposing team. Like the majority of fans that go to that stadium right now, right? That's what they are. They're there to see the other team. That's the reality of it. And you know, I dream of a day where that stadium is full and it's Martin's fans. 80%. 80%. 80%, 80% which percent Marlins number, fans, which, exactly. That'd be spectacular, but let's be real, man. There, there's a lot of games, Dolphins games. There's a lot of heat Marlins games. games. Um, the, the Heat, heat games, games are a little bit different. Heat games are probably usually 90% Heat I fans. would say the Heat are the ones where you have the least amount of the opposing fan there. For sure. You have the best, we have you. the best home home fan. Panthers, I would too. say Dolphins are up there. Um, Panthers are they, Hold on. Away fans travel really, really well, man. For a lot of those
0: franchises in the NHL, but I
1: feel like the Panthers over
0: the last four years have done a good job home, right, of building up the home base, right. So now, even in the playoffs, we saw it. Like they were making it difficult for the traveling fans to come down here and buy a ticket because guess
1: what? All the Panthers fans already bought. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Marlins are definitely at the the bottom, the bottom of that, or at the top. They're they're the worst. (laughs) They're the worst. Having home fans in, in the stadium, man, and it's sad. But hopefully now. This is the start of it. This is not by no means are we saying, you know, this is it. We're good. We're good to go. Like, no, yeah. they have a lot to prove to us as fans. For sure. And this and is a city. phenomenal start. You know, we, we were coming off two years ago. COVID, our first playoff appearance, you know, last year, our last year under the old regime. Let's just call it that. Right. Yeah. With um, um Don oh, uh, Don Mattingly. Um, he's gone. Now we bring in Skip Schumacher. And in that first year. We're having results, man. We're having results.
0: You know what? You know, we mentioned it briefly on the last episode, but Skip Schumacher really does deserve some type of Coach of the Year credit. dog. Like he has to be mentioned within those circles because all these things that we know as hardcore Martins fans, the limited budget, the different direction, the unavailability of players or having star players, guys who can really hit 50 home runs, all of these things that would be working against him, and he's used it as a positive to say this is the type of team we're going to beat. You know, this is a team that hits for average. Like I, you know, this, yeah, th- we've talked about it. We've talked about we it. Have, where, we
1: have two players that have over double-digit home runs this year. That's right? it. That's what we talked about last week, right? That's it. That's it. You know, so, and now. But we're just very efficient at bat.
0: And we win close games. We win close games. I went back and did a little bit of research. We're 29 and 13 this season so far in games decided by two runs or fewer. That's clutch. Yeah. That's That's enough. And and forget clutch. That's just having self belief to say, no matter what the circumstances in this close game, we have enough to go out there and
1: win it. Yeah. So you got another note here too. We've also hit 50 home run, 50 home runs as a team on the road. Banging. Banging. That means we can, we can do it. We
0: feel comfortable whether it's here in our park or it's there in your park. Fifty home runs is a lot for an away team,
1: dog. That is a lot. It's
0: not crazy, but it's not. It's a lot. It's not nothing to scoff at and be like, ah, oh, just fifty home runs, bullshit. No,
1: that keep, that right there is a, a great stat line because that keeps us in games right there, especially on the road. And fifty you, percent you, of your games are on the road. Absolutely. So, and, and not
0: only that, and, and for the road, it, I, I feel like what it does is it puts the pressure on the home team that's that's hosting us, right? To say, Konya, now we're in. We gave the home run. Now the Marlins are in this game. Now we know that they're good at close run games. We got to watch ourselves. We got we can't make mistakes. We can't let this guy steal second base. Because if he does, they're going to bring him in. And those are the positions where we're putting teams on the defensive instead of us usually being on the defensive. Coney, let's not blow this save. You know what I mean? Like, right. Something like that. Damn, we can't take Sandy out because if we bring in the bullpen, they're definitely going to give up two runs. We're not in those positions anymore. And I think we have to give credit um, to the manager first and foremost and to the rest of the organization second you know for taking us out of that fucking cave that we were in. Now we're starting to see the light and we're able to win series, dog. We've won 17 series this year.
1: Yeah, the last one that we had was nice against the Phillies. Again, they they, they came out, they won the first one. But the Phillies, another great team. You go to that game, it's all Phillies fans.
0: Not, more than 70% of the stadium was fucking,
1: you know, they, with they, Philly fans, which is th- okay. They win the first one, uh, three or four to three. Yep. Uh, with somebody familiar to us. God damn it! Real leading Muto. them. Real Muto, dog. That guy. That's the guy I wish we never that, would never that, lost.
0: That's one that hurts because yeah, like yeah, like Yelich. Bro, Yelich, yes, right, because of what he turned out to be. But I always felt like Real Muto was a locker room guy, the heart, You know what I mean? Like uh, the guy who's gonna stand up and. You know, kick somebody's ass if they have to. I always felt that way about JT Muto. And then when we lost him, it was like fuck that shit hurt. And look, he's he's always come back to hurt us. But like we talked about, you know, between ourselves, the ability of the Marlins to bounce back, get swept by Atlanta, go out there and win three or uh, four against St. Louis, right? And we lose the last game of the of the series, which was the, it was a four game series. But that was the game that Yuri pitched amazing. And he still lost. You know what I mean? And we just didn't have the run support. We ended up losing. Uh, three to zero. But in those first three games against the Phillies, against St. Louis, excuse me, we scored 30 runs, including two games where we put double digits. One Game two, we had 15 runs, 19 hits, and then game three, we had 10 runs.
1: Game three was wild because we had no business letting them get get back in that game, and no, they sir. did, and then we were behind. And then a wild way to end the game on an error
0: Dog, that's the game that you and I were we were recording. Yeah, last exactly. And and you, and you keep giving the update. So when I get in my car and I go home, I'm like, that's exactly dog, right. We're up 7-0, 7-1, Shit's a wrap. That's exactly right. Get to the garage, park the car, get inside the crib, and I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. What this happened shit, this here? This is fucking eight to eight. What happened here? And it, and sure enough, St. Louis came back, but the Marlins keeping the pressure on these teams, getting base runners. Forcing the pitchers to throw something, forcing players to do something that, you know, causes them to think. And that's exactly what happened. The bases were had two guys on base, one on second, one on third. Uh, a little hit back to the pitcher. He's thinking about it, looking around the bases, throws the ball away. Fucked up. Both of them run scored. Yep. And those are the games that the Marlins are going to win because, again, we never give up on games. Now... That, that game that we lost against um, Philadelphia to start the home series, yeah, right? Yeah, sorry. I kind of went out it's of okay. work there. It's okay. We lost three to four, right? And even still, it was they had to hit a home run, a two-run home run uh, in the top of the ninth off of A.J. Puck in order to win that game. Right. And even still, the Marlins in the bottom still ha- were able to get two base runners on. They weren't able to bring them in, in, in because one got hit into a, a double play and the other guy just got on and the game was over after that.
1: Yeah, Sandy had a good game,
0: but Sandy pitched an incredible game. That's the guy that we we haven't really spoken about too much in a positive light here on the show.
1: All right, little by little, you've been ramping up more you've because been, he's been
0: playing because he's been pitching better. He right? started
1: off slow, now he's kind of getting back into what we what we know. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, man. And, and and I love to see it. So it kind that game hurt a little bit more just because it would have been like, damn, we would have won six out of seven games had we won that game, right? And it would have been. You know, we're a half game closer to Atlanta, a half game farther from everybody else in the wild card. Right. So, like, it, it would have mattered, and it does matter. But just just the fact that the Marlins are able to bounce right. back off of games like that where you your 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 closer gets rattled, he gives up a two-run home run, the bullpen is shaky, nobody really had a good day at the plate, and then you come back and you end Philly's 13-game r- road winning streak by beating them, sing- you know, fairly handily. Pretty much all by Solaire. Hit a home run, uh, got, had two singles that day, you know, had a sack fly RBI, like just timely hitting. And it's never one guy. It's always a combination of guys that, that kind of contribute. And that day, you know, we were just able to be the better team, the better baseball team, because sometimes baseball is all about manufacturing runs. dog. It can't be all about the alarm ball.
1: The long run, yes, we have to do it as a team cumulatively. But like you said, sometimes it is going to be just one individual. Facts.
0: It is. And 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 look, Jorge Soler deserves our praise right now. Yeah. Right. Because we were like, bro, where's the Jorge Soler that we were promised? Where's the guy who can hit 20 home runs? And not saying that I needed 20 home runs from Soler, but I needed him to be productive. And what he's given us now is way beyond the regular production that, that we were hoping for. Right. Because this guy has not only had big home runs. He's also had timely doubles. This is a dude who I think he's second or third on the team with doubles hit this season. That's amazing because he's not a fast guy, but he's putting the ball into the gaps where he can make it to second yeah, base. He buys enough time, buys en- enough time. Uh, another guy we got to talk about one who had an amazing, you know, day on Sunday versus the Phillies to close them out. As we won 73, seven, two, three. That's Brian De La Cruz. You know, usually when you think of De La Cruz, you think a good glove. Right, He's a defensive outfielder, really good with his glove, has a hell of an arm, can throw out guys. Not a problem to have him out there in that ballpark. But this year, he's just stepped it up when it comes to batting, bro, and he's hit timely hits. This game, he went four for four, had two singles, a double and a home run to kind of help the cause, but... Just the fact that this dude is—he being... kind of just breezed over that, homie. Nah, man, you just kind of breezed over that. You just <laughs> literally breezed... Read that
1: stat line back, please. I'm gonna read it again. Read the, it guy back had... time, <laughs> the guy had time, dog. I need you guys to listen to the stat line.
0: He had a four hit game. Two of the hits were singles. He had a double, and he also hit a home run,
1: bro. There's people that play their entire and don't get life, <laughs> and don't ever accomplish that in the major. And a stat line at that, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that, the dude. That's for that's one impressive. game. It's impressive. That's 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 huge, right there, man. Single handedly, just. Single-handedly. Helped us win that game pretty much.
0: It just shows you that when when you're that confident in yourself, right? And and you're you're just playing more often and you're available. You're not hurt. You're in the outfield making big plays. You're in the outfield making big catches and big assists. That shit helps you at the plate. Yeah. And and this is not a guy who we who we are leaning on offensively. This guy's a two seventy-nine hitter, only has 10 home runs, but he more importantly has 49 RBIs on the season. This is a guy who's batting sixth. For us, So, if your 6th, 7th batter is having 49 RBIs, kind of shows you how well-balanced the offensive production has been on this team so far this season. And most importantly, we're a team that hits for average. We hit the ball. We don't hit the ball super hard, but we hit it enough to get on base and to bring guys in.
1: What are your thoughts on the Marlins? I don't know if it's the home run chain or... I kind of like it with the hat, with the straw hat yeah, and the big yeah, fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Man, you know. I just saw
1: it. I just I, saw it today for the first time. Yeah, I saw the, the Instagram post. Yeah. I wanted to see what you thought about it. My thoughts
0: on it is I like it because it makes baseball fun. And when you're winning, you kind of want to make it fun. You don't want to be like hit a home run and everybody comes in and it's like a regular high five. No, you want to get hyped up. You want to jump, do something silly. Bring fun, energy, energy. Baseball needs energy. And with this Marlins team, just shows you that – these guys really do like each other. Everybody gets along. There's there hasn't been not one fucking story that comes up that is like, well, this guy's beefing with this guy. These two guys in the locker room don't really get along. No, everybody there gets along. Again, we're talking about a mixture of cultures and languages. But if, if somehow some way it makes sense down here in Miami, right, because we are such a melting pot. And we yeah. like
1: all that flashy shit. We it has do. to be on the
0: Cuban link. It has to be. We're gonna it has show to be it gaudy. It has to be fucking at least 10 inches. You know what <laughs> I mean?
1: And, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That fits the game, fits the persona of these guys. They love to celebrate. And it, and especially when you're winning. You know, if you don't have a reason to bring hey. it out, it's it makes it a lot worse. Hey, you're just talking about winning. Collecting dust.
0: You're talking about winning shit. This this Marlins team is doing a lot of winning, man. A lot of winning. And I, I think just winning that. Last series before the all-star break against the Phillies was a reminder, right? Like, hey, the job's not done. This is just a halfway point, right? Everybody go get your rest. Luis Araez, you're having an amazing season. Go represent for us. Jorge Soler, go out there and represent for us. Those he made, are, are our two, two all-stars. all-stars this year. Jorge Soler made it as a DH, and Luis Arraez is the starting second baseman. Fantastic. He deserves it. Absolutely. After the season that he's having, come on, dog. Like, you can't name me one other baseball player that deserves – a, a, a starting spot more yeah. than Luis Araya's. Yeah, the guy's help. trying to hit fucking 400, dog. Come on.
1: Come on, man. You know? Um, historic stuff. Historic uh, stuff, so dog. So we got tonight, by the time you listen to this, the home run derby would have happened already. Correct. And then you have uh, the all-star game itself. Yeah, which on be Tuesday. On Tuesday. Tonight, by the time you listen to By the
0: time you are listening. And in the home run derby, you have Luis Robert Jr., who's leading the majors in home runs. He's taking on A. Lee R- Ruchesman, uh, Pete Alonso. Taking on Julio Rodriguez, Mookie Betts versus Vlad Guerrero Jr. I'm excited to see that one. As a matter of fact, and Adales Garcia versus Randy Arozena.
1: Um, Who cares? Nobody. Nobody, because none
0: of our Marlins are in there. What I
1: want to know is, uh, what do we got? When do we come back from this little break? What's the next Martins game? The
0: next Martins game. I know that we start the series against Baltimore. So we're starting the second half of the season on the road to back to back on the road. As a matter of fact, let's do it. Uh, first game will be July 14th. So at the end of this week. OK, Friday. All right. That's a quick turnaround. It's a quick turnaround and and better for us because when you're hot, you want to stay hot. You yeah, want you exactly know, my you, you got to keep that momentum going. And more importantly, I feel like this break is going to help out. A lot of our major players, right? We talked about Jazz on the last episode. Um, he's coming. Off, he's going to be able to come off the DL, the 15-day DL that he was placed on for his, the mild oblique strain. Hopefully, he gets to rest. He doesn't have to worry about going to the All-Star game like he did last year and do the pictures and the this and the that and the other. He gets to focus on getting healthy and getting back to playing baseball, right? Which is obviously what we want. Uh, I just saw today that Johnny Cueto is also, you know, nearing a, a return here for the Martins. That's another arm that we can use not necessarily as our number two, number three guy, but shit, it's go out nice there and get have. some innings, right? If we need you out the bullpen, go be the bullpen guy, whatever, yeah. right? Especially when it, if we do make the playoffs and we get into that mode. Um, that's just another arm that we have, right? Yeah. Um, who's another one that I'm missing? Shit. Uh,
1: Players that are out there to come back?
0: Yeah, man. There was one more, dog. Damn it. You just
1: said uh, Jazz, Cueto.
0: Oh, Jonathan Davis went down. Um, Nardi, he went down on the 15-day DL, right? He's a big piece of the bullpen, Andrew Nardi. Um, he'll be back by the time the All-Star break is over. So this break is coming at a good time for some of our major players. Nardi has been an amazing, amazing relief, peach, relief, relief. Pitcher, wow. There you go. There it is. Um, time. Relief pitcher for us this year. You know, he has three wins, a really good ERA on the three. Uh, I think he has four, six saves on the season. This, mm. this guy's been balling for us. Again, the bullpen, dog. The bullpen has been the that's biggest been the, fucking. That's been the biggest difference. Biggest difference, bro.
1: Yeah, if you if, if somebody asks, you know, hey, how are the doing? No, they're doing great this year. They're winning. Really? Haven't they? Weren't they struggling a little bit last year? Like, yeah. Like, all right, what's the biggest difference? Yeah. Bullpen. For sure, that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest difference, man. Because we were in games. There was tons of games where we were in them, and then we just the batting too. I think you know. But if you had to just pick one, I would probably say bullpen. The fact that we're able to save games. There were so many games we just couldn't get. We couldn't save last year. And
0: and this is coming off of pitchers like Sandy could have probably really won another four or five games last year. T Rock could have won another four or five games last year. That's another guy who who's missing right now. That in the second half of the season is going to be like a a trade that we picked up. Cause it's like, Oh, here's a starting pitcher for free. It's like, great. Put them in there. Quetel. Same thing. Uh-oh. Put them in there. Right now. The difference with this team from last year is that they are able to win those close games. And that record that we stated earlier, uh, I think it was what?
1: 53 and Tw- no 29 oh. and 13
0: in, in two run in games oh, yes, decided yes, by yes. two runs or less. That's that's bro. That's huge. That's what leads you to win 17 of the series that you've been in so far this season. And the only series that we've really been dominated in is against Atlanta. Yeah. So every other series, we have a shot and we're more than likely gonna win it. Makes me feel really confident about this baseball team, dog. Oh, yeah. And in the direction that they're going. Because we we, you and I, who who really look at this team in depth, right? We couldn't have foreseen this. To say, here, in, in the first year of Schumacher, they're gonna be leading the team. You know, one of the best teams in the NL, fifty something wins with fucking Sandy Bean, whatever, as a pitcher. There's no way we would have thought that. No, I wouldn't have put money on that bet. Hell no, right? But now we see it, and it's like, yo, this this team. A could come back next year exactly how it is because we don't have now one person making major big bucks so we can bring everybody back or add pieces.
1: Well, that's also, right? it also, could be a problem. People that are playing well could go out and get deals if they're not under contract,
0: which is okay because at least at least it shows that you're 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 a competitive squad. And if that spot empties out, you'll have a free agent that says, "I like what the Marlins are doing." This team, this franchise, they're heading in the right direction. They're taking care of their players. They're investing into the facility. They're investing into the fans. They're investing. I want to be a part of that. And I mentioned the fans investing in the fans because of how the Marlins have made going to the games so affordable. You have the four for 44. Any day of the week on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you can get a a, a ticket for seven bucks. You know what I mean? Like parking is five bucks in certain places. They made it very affordable to follow this team as is right now. And if you haven't already, you need to start doing so. Because that, that whole uh, ballpark this entire weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, was packed. I think it was like 16, 19 for Saturday, and like 20 for Sunday, as far as attendance goes. So yes, some of them are Philly fans, right? A good majority of it is Philly fans. But you know what? Marlins fans are starting to show up. Because when the Marlins get hits, it's loud. When they hit a home run, it's loud. So... Even, and just by watching on TV, you can feel the energy that's in there. When, she, when Sandy's on his shit, loud. Yuri's pitching, loud. Even Braxton Garrett, that guy's getting a lot of love from the Marlins fans because of how he's been able to pitch for us. So I think that this second half, we're going to see an improvement um, from the fan base. We're really going to see the fan base start to buy in, start to go to more games, make it fun, make it an event. And as long as the Marlins are keeping the product on the field good, then the, then the Marlins fans, the hardcore Marlins fans, are going to show up. Now, once they start winning playoff series and yeah, if they, they're competing the for bandwagon. a championship, that's when the bandwagon starts to come. But as far as the, their core, they're slowly, slowly, slowly starting to bring people back in. And it's because of the moves that they made. So, got to give a our, our, our big shout out to the Marlins, man. And Kim Ang, you know, uh, I personally had a lot of questions about how she was going to be able to lead this team and this franchise after the Derek Jeter shit, right? Because it, it ended dirty. It was kind of a bunch of he, oh, they did this. I didn't do this and vice versa. Talking shit behind each other's back. And the way that the Marlins and King Mang have dealt with that and come out on the other side, looks like everything is working out for them, bro. And, and I'm excited to see it, bro. Beyond being a Marlins fan, just for baseball in, its, in itself down here in South Florida, because I know it's such a popular sport. I love to see baseball really growing. Right, and, and I love to see all of our major teams doing well. Not only does it give us content, yes, but as a regular sports fanatic that loves to watch TV twenty four seven and watch sports twenty four seven, I like to see the Marlins doing good. I like to see the Panthers doing good. I like to see the Dolphins doing good. I like to see the Heat doing good. That shit makes my, you know, my existence as a sports fan a lot easier. Though. Anybody,
1: bro, Anybody. you know what I
0: mean. That's
1: Second half, man. Second half strong.
0: Second half is going to be strong, strong. And again, I think that the Marlins are are in a really good position where they built up the, the the kind of the fortitude, the mental fortitude to say let's go after this, man, because we're we're definitely in a position where we can make some noise and make some damage, bro. Uh, quick six game road streak, uh, road game um, schedule coming up. Got three at Baltimore and then three at St. Louis. By the time we're back next week to record. And then they come home to face the Rockies before heading on on the road to face Tampa. But we got a good little, at the end of July, start of August, we got a good little homestand. We got Detroit coming in, got Philadelphia coming back. So I'm interested to see how that goes. And, you know, real quick note on that, that Philly scene. I mentioned it earlier, but like they had won 13 games on the road before they faced the Marlins. So this is not a team that was just in the bottom of the no, of this no. divisions. No, these dudes are creeping. They're yeah. creeping on the wild card. They they're were, trying to. They were,
1: they were hot at the right time. They
0: were hot at the right time, and on, on top of that, they're they're they are hot at the right time because they're in the wild card hunt. So if it was other teams like slacking or whatever, Philly is coming right back there. Um, just so you have an idea, Marlins are leading the wild card. Arizona's uh, also in that wild card spot, and then you have San Francisco tied pretty much with Arizona. And Philadelphia, half a game back. Milwaukee, half a game back. These are five teams, four teams, right? Five teams that are going to be competing for those two spots. And the fact that the Marlins are leading the race and probably the best out of all those teams, if we're speaking realistically, is crazy to me. And it just shows, <laughs> yo, we're talking it about is, teams that are you spending a lot of good money. Teams, teams that are spending money, Jay, and we don't spend that money down here. And I don't think we ever will spend money down here like that. But it's just, it's just very... It's nice, bro. It's just nice because it's... I can't remember the last time that I cared this much about Marlins baseball. And that's wild because we have a podcast.
1: Uh, we, oh, well, I guess, yeah. It's, it's winning, man. Winning cures all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really, does. it really does. And I hope that the Marlins
0: can continue to win after the All-Star break. Um, you know, Luis Araya's can have a good showing out there in Seattle. Uh, Holman Derby, hopefully, is not whack. We'll see how the game goes. You You never know, bro. Winner, I think, gets to... Host the World Series, right? I think the the winner of the All-Star game, they still do that shit? Right?
1: I don't know. I don't think that's don't even a thing anymore. No,
0: I, I, I know it was a thing, but I don't know if they'd still do that. You know what I mean? Uh, as far as who gets home. A, yeah, home you're home talking home about that,
1: that one game of home field for yeah. their, their, their 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 conference or whatever. Could be the Martins playing at Martin Stadium. Lone Depot Park. Excuse me. <laughs> Lone Depot Park.
0: I'd rather go back to the days where it was Joe Robbie, but that's just me.
1: Mm, nah, I, well, yeah, because then you would still have the Orange Bowl around, so. There you go. Good point. There you go uh let's let's jump into
0: our next topic man um UFC 290 that shit was fire and it was fire because the card was really stacked with names but you didn't know how the all the fights were going to turn out you didn't really know you know what I mean like who's fighting who and is this guy going to be able to really be good but every single fucking fight that was on there was amazing this was one of the few fights right where The the early prelims are fire, have a knockout within um, a a, a knockout and a submission in the early prelims. Same thing in the regular prelims a knockout and a submission. And then in the main event, you get all, all of that. And in the main event, I think, what was it? You had four knockouts in under a minute in the first round. What? What? On a card? How do you give a fight bonus there? Who wins fight of the night? Everybody split
1: that. Split that. Split pot.
0: Split that. Split that money, dog. But that shit was fire, man. Um, the the main event of the UFC 290 was Alexander the the Conqueror or whatever the fuck his nickname is, uh, Volkanovski versus Yair Rodriguez, um, who was the interim. Champ. Go
1: straight into the main event?
0: No, no, no. I'm just saying he was the interim champ. So oh, you had okay. champ versus champ. But the I think the best fight for me for me was the fight of the night and we'll get to it. But I will tell you that I was impressed with Bo Nickel. Um, I don't know if you recall this conversation when one of the times we were chilling with, with, with Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. Shout out to Jesse, man, um, doing this thing. I see you, my boy, overseas. Um, you know, he mentioned the name Bo Nickel. And he was like, this is a guy you guys got to look out for. And every, when Jesse says some shit like that, you got to kind of make that note and, and keep an eye on him. Always, This dude went out there and fucking flatlined, flatlined uh, Val Woodburn who was a replacement fighter. You know, the other guy he was supposed to face got cut or injured and couldn't make, couldn't make the fight. So Bo was on, you know, on Twitter and Instagram and all this stuff like Monday, Tuesday of last week saying like, shit, I hope I, fi- I hope they find me an opponent. I really got to get, I got ready for this fight. So I, I really want to break it down. And uh Woodburn stepped up, you know, from Apopka, Florida. <laughs> so you had two Florida boys going at it. And th- what impressed me about Bo is how relaxed this guy is he's not necessarily like a knockout guy he's not a striker in in that game but those punches that he landed on this guy's face was so flushed dog that it made me hurt and then i'm thinking this fight is over in like 30 something seconds 40 something seconds it was literally that quick and i'm mind, i'm thinking dog who else is gonna who wants to fight this guy <laughs> If Bo Nichols is the hot name, and he's been winning every single time since he's got it on the UFC, he's on a three-fight winning streak in the UFC right now, and he's been impressing every single time. hasn't even gotten to three rounds, not once. Okay, who the fuck wants to fight this guy? And this dude is in a stacked, stacked weight division. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking out to see what Curious, else. Is Curious, to Yeah, man. Because
1: I'm sure we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get Jesse. I gotta talk to Jesse, insight. bro. We get Jesse's insight on that. Yeah.
0: So. Absolutely! Oh, and I gotta do one. I gotta mention one more thing um, about the prelims. Rob Lawler, Robbie Lawler, the legend, um, Robbie Lawler, uh, announced his retirement after his welterweight win in impressive form, where he knocked out a, <laughs> his uh, Nick Price another knockout right in under a minute in the first round. Literally put him to sleep real quick, which was. The perfect way for Robbie Lawler to finish his career. There's a guy who's been a warrior, uh, literally a warrior, has been in some wars inside that octagon, has knocked fools the fuck out, has gotten knocked out himself, but a guy who's always willing to step up to the challenge, a guy who's always willing to make weight, be a professional, not have any drama, and just go out there and put on a show every single time, win or lose for the fans. That guy is going to go into the Hall of Fame like this, and he deserves it, man. So shout out to Robbie Lawler, bro. What an impressive win! Um, but the fight that that really got me going, and it was kind of controversial at the end. What happened here was the Robert Whittaker fight versus. Um, I'm gonna Just murder duplexes. this. Duplessis, Duplessis. Du- it's duplexes. Drisk. I think it's Drisk. His first name is pronounced Drisk. Um This fight was in the in the middleweight division, which is he's the champion, right? And we saw Alex Pereira. He moved up to like to the heavier weight. Uh, 205 light heavyweight light heavyweight right and in this fight Robert Whitaker was the number two contender this was a guy who was kind of the champ before lining himself up by beating a bunch of guys to in order to get to this back to this title contention shot right or the the winner of this fight is definitely going to get a shot at Izzy and got himself there. Got himself there after losing the belt, which is hard as hell to do. And now you're fighting a guy from South Africa who has been on fire in the in the police. And this dude, the police, really impressed. He really, really impressed because Robert Whitaker's no joke. You know, like I said, you have I just rambled off all his accolades. And then for the police to go out there and just fucking manhandle him like the Ra- way he did, ragdoll him, ragdoll him. You know, threw him on the ground, had to take, had to knock down, uh, took him down completely stifled all his of his uh striking attempts and robert Whitaker is known for his wrestling and his striking got his ass whooped by the and the looked comfortable he, and and for me uh a telltale sign as far as when i know this dude is comfortable is when he takes a shot and still walks forward right like a guy hits him with a hard ass right hook and he goes huh, that was nice what else do you got when i saw the do that in the first 30 seconds and robert Whitaker has knocked fools out when i saw him eat that punch i was like oh oh Robert Whittaker's in trouble because he just gave him his best punch and buddy ain't even flinch. He didn't even flinch. He didn't even flinch. And the police just went out there and handled his business, bro. And acted like a real professional because you know how it goes. The fight's over. Joe Rogan walks in. He's going to do the post fight interview real quick. Right. And kind of get the thoughts on the fighter. And this dude just, you know, gave a lot of respect to Robert Whittaker and then, you know, shouted out his family and all this stuff. And then Joe asked him, what about your potential fight with Izzy? Izzy's a great man, he's a great champion, but I'm ready for the challenge, whatever, whatever. Izzy comes in the ring, and this is when things got controversial, right? Izzy says he's an African, right? Claims to be African, holds that down, right? Him, Ngato, and Garo uh, and Usman were the guys kind of like holding, bearing the flag for the continent of, of Africa, right? Izzy's from, was born in Nigeria, I think, right? And grew up in New Zealand, and then obviously came to the States, had some Chinese uh, and started doing martial arts. But the police is born and raised in South Africa. So he's like, I'm trying to bring the belt back to Africa, the real Africa. You know what I mean? And Izzy didn't like that. And Izzy came in and was like, oh, I'm going to show you Africa and started dropping the N word and shit. So I was like, yo, they're selling a fight and then there's racial over, you know, like overtures. And I felt like Izzy was starting to... It, it, the wrong path for this rematch. You know what I mean? Um, bec- you not want me to for this you pull up some audio for us? I mean, are we going to be able to bleep it out? Unless it's bleeped <laughs> out, don't play it, dog, because we're not trying to get in trouble here, dog.
1: Go ahead, play <laughs> it. Come Fuck, on, why not, dog? Dog? You think we're play go it, by, it, play bro, it, play I it. it. See. I want to see here. While well, you set it up. Oh, I got to get, yeah, go Yeah,
0: on. go ahead go and set go. it up. Um But, but we're going to play the sound for you guys. But like I said, I just think that Izzy approached this fight in the wrong way because now he's making it a black-white thing. And that shouldn't be the case. It should be, you know, Nigeria versus South Africa type shit. You know what I mean? Not, oh, this dude's a poser and he's trying to be an African, but he's white. I'm an African and I, and I look like an African. But if you look at Izzy, doesn't look like an African, dog. He paints his nails, rocks big ass chains, you know, dresses, you know, in really cool fashion, watches anime. Like, he's not your normal guy. Oh, shit. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So this was right after Du Plessis gave um Adasanya his respects as far as being a champion and for the title.
1: Hold on. This
0: is my African brother Royo. Yes, do What's up? Let's go. Jim. What's up? Get this. See my African brother. Jim, my African brother. That's awkward. Right? And for, and and again, dog, I'm not black. You know, 23 and me says I got about 30%, 40% in me, 50%. That's cool. But, these guys are, are, are are trying to sell a fight. You're not trying to sell a racial war. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, dropping the N-word, that might, dog. That might do it right there. Oh, for sure. For sure. If this was like the, like the first of the many times that they're gonna stand in front of each other for the next two, three months, like, what else can can be said, dog? Like, for you to f- drop the N word, dog, like, you know that you're taking it on extra level when you do that, especially in the ring, you know, his pay-per-view, yeah, you but know, everybody's he might watching. Be,
1: he might be taking offense to this, you know, this, this is a white guy, but he's a real, you know, claiming Africa. Like, what are you trying to say, bro? Like, you know, like, you know, Africa in the, the, the zeitgeist is like, uh, you identify a black person with Africa, you know what I mean? So sure. maybe he's taking some of that or. Even maybe he's possibly just kind of leaning into this to do cellify. exactly what we're doing right now. Talk about cellify, it. Sell fight. Have us talk about it, build it up for them. You know, maybe Izzy's gone full heel, you know, a la wrestling. Maybe he's a, he's, yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. And I, that's his way of doing it now. I guess maybe a little bit of both,
0: I guess. But do you think that Izzy needs to do that to sell a fight?
1: I don't think he does, but I don't think it hurts. Honestly, <laughs> I I don't think it hurts. I think it's great. I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest with you, because. Just a little, when I said awkward, it's awkward for Duplessis to sit in there going, yeah, this is for Africa. And he's going, yeah, Edward. Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying?
0: But this dude is a real African. Like, what are we talking about? He was born there, dog. and raised there. He never left the continent. South Africa. He's from South Africa, dog. You know what I mean? Like, what do you want him to say? that He's white? He's not white, you know? He's African. But I guess that's what's going to make the fight interesting, you know, Um, and I I really do think that at his size, he's he's big enough at six feet to kind of give Izzy a little bit of problems. Izzy's 6'3", 6'4", so his height and his weight usually gives a lot of people um, problems. I don't know, man. I don't know if Izzy needed to do that because now I think that Izzy's going to make himself to look like a little bit, like you said, the heel and be the bad guy. And usually that's not his strength. That's not his forte. He's usually the cool guy, the easygoing guy. I'm cool with all my fans. You know what I mean? I respect dudes. I'm all about the art. And now he's taking it to a different direction. One that we haven't seen from him. And I just don't know if it was appropriate for that specific moment. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: Definitely controversial because I know a for lot sure. of a lot of people are going to be talking about that moving forward, bro. Um, let's jump into the fight of the night. Alexandre Pantoja versus... Brandon Moreno, uh, Pantoja's Brazilian Moreno representing the country of Mexico um, and. Man, Moreno has been through some fucking wars, dude. To get to that back,
1: two, three years he's been tearing it up, tearing it up, man, and fighting the same guy man, pretty much be, over and over again. Probably, are you considering one of the top guys in the UFC overall, as Absolutely. far as like selling fights and like product, that, you know, as fighter pound for pound, like all that stuff? Like he's one of the top guys.
0: He's definitely going to sell tickets. You know what I mean? When you're talking about bringing in fans, right, from all over the world, or or bringing in pay per view buys. Brandon Moreno is definitely going to do that because he 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 fights. He's not a guy who just takes it easy. He's not a guy who's like, ah, oh, I'll take the weakest challenger. Nah, this guy's always para la guerra. You know what I mean? Always. Guerrero for real. And, bro, he ran into a fucking animal in Pantoja, dog. Because I didn't know this until they mentioned it. This was the third time that they had fought professionally. Once yeah. was, like, on Tough, the Ultimate Fighter. The other time was, like, one of those elimination matches or whatever, when they were both starting their careers early in UFC. And this was going to be the third fight fighting for the belt. And Pantoja in his last fight, bro, he really did impress. Really did impress. So that's why he got the shot. People were willing to see like, damn, is he going to be able to do it for the third time? Maybe Brandon has an idea of what he needs to change as far as his game plan in order to get the dub against Pantoja. Bro, but something that I said earlier, this dude Pantoja is... Not a guy who's gonna take no for an answer. And in the first 40 seconds of the fight, Brandon Moreno has some pop, real knockout power. In the first 30 40 seconds of the fight, Brandon Moreno gives him a nice right hook, bam! And Toha just eats that shit, walks straight forward, like, bro, you're gonna have to kill me, kill me. To get this dub, dog. and he kept coming forward, what have kept I done? coming forward, kept coming forward. And believe it or not, dog, in the in that fight game, so most of it is mental. Yeah, you gotta have the skills and the wherewithal, but you're thinking. You're yeah. in a live chess match here, yeah, 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 right? And that shit has to do and something very quickly. Yeah, right. And that shit has to do something to your confidence to be like, I gave this guy one of my best fucking shots. It's gonna be a long fight. It's gonna be a long fight, and it was. It went all the way to the to the end. Um, Pantoja was definitely the better striker. I felt like. He not only did he knock him down in one of the moments right where he where he shook him but I just think that his power his punches had way more power besides being effective they were very powerful punches and they really drained Moreno man because in the in those first 3 rounds that Pantomo was putting it on him you know Brandon Moreno couldn't really get any type of offense off and that shit sucks when you're the champion and you're losing round after round after round. You're kind of depleted. You're In in the back of your mind, when the fifth round starts, you're like, bro, I need a knockout here. Right? Because I know it's 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 Too not close. I'm, I know it's not close. Even if I were to win these next two rounds, it's not close. I got to get the knockout. Yeah. And it's just, he couldn't put that pressure on him. And it looked like Pantoja wasn't going to fold, man. And this is a dude, Pantoja, man, who's you know he trains down here at ATT American Top Team um this is a guy who's really gone through every single rough patch in order to make it to the UFC and you know when when you're fighting in the flyweight and the featherweights you necessarily don't aren't the most popular right you, the UFC isn't really paying attention to those guys like they're paying attention to the heavyweights and sure. the middleweights right and the sure. light heavyweights so you have to go out there and perform every single time you go out. You have to go out there and win and consistently win. And that's all this dude did, man. He, he's he been on a fucking tear as of late and he really deserved the decision. You know, it was a split decision, but I, I felt like it could have been a unanimous decision in his favor because of how he's won. Um, You know, he's on a three fight win streak. Now he's on a four fight win streak. And every time that he's fought, he's impressed. His last two fights were submissions, um, both within uh, two rounds, the last one being within the first round. So, like, this is a dude who is really at the top of his game right now. And you saw that in the fight against uh, Moreno because Moreno is also a guy who's at the top of his game right yeah, now. But I, I just feel it. like Moreno was a little bit exhausted of being in so many wars, right? I, I felt like Moreno was looking to finish his fight early and get out of there and get it done with. And when he didn't make it out of the second round, right, with the knockout or the third round with the knockout, he knew he was going to lose that fight. And Pantoja knew that he had the advantage. You could just tell, man, that the momentum has shifted and Pantoja really just took over, man, so... I'm really happy for him because, you know, he's he's a guy, like I said, that has been through it. Uh, I saw a little bit of his personal story. Same thing, like Moreno. Like why, and, and one of the main reasons why I, f- I like and love watching Brandon Moreno fight, these guys are coming out here to entertain. They're not coming out here to just fucking dilly-daddle and, you know, kind of not take damage. Nah, they're walking forward. They're willing to get punched. They're willing to give punches. They're willing to get kicked. They're willing to give kicks. So these guys make for an exciting fight. And honestly, I hope that if not this year, some point early on next year, these guys get a rematch. Maybe not for the belt because who knows what happens, right? But we I got to th- see what happens we now. got We got to see what we're happens. Right. With both of them. Right, we're both them, you know, because Brandon Moreno is going to have to work his way back up to that challenger spot. And that's a division like we know that's full of talent. So, you, you know, Brandon Moreno just went from being the champ to being fourth in line. That shit sucks, That's dog. That shit sucks. So start all, start all over again. Exactly. So I, I'm hoping that he can get a win streak and Pantoja keeps the belt until they get a chance to meet each other because that fight was just simply amazing, man. And it won fight of the night, right? Deservedly so, bro. Um, it was an amazing fight. It was an amazing fight. Um, uh, let's talk about the main event of the evening in the featherweight division. You have interim champ Yair Rodriguez, who won the belt. While Volkanovski was trying to win the double belt when he fought, um, Makachev, um, you know, and when he lost to Makachev, which is only his second loss as a pro, as a professional, uh, a lot of people wondered if, if Volk had lost a little bit of himself, you know, there were a little bit of questions to be like, man, what's losing, you know, in the, the division that's not yours. What's that going to do to your mental? How do you fight back from that? And he answered, everybody's question as far as who is the most dominant force in featherweight history right now. It's got to be Volkanovski, man, because uh even in that fight against Makachev where he went up in weight, the last three rounds, he probably won. And it was a real close decision. So imagine if he would have had the double belt, right? And then come back down to fight Yair. How impressive that would have been. But Yair in his own right is a guy who with such a style that's fan friendly goes out there, knocks people out, kicks people in the head So this dude is always out there putting it on and you know, sometimes being in wars can go both ways. When you're the champion and you're in wars and you come out as a champion, you feel better and you, you add that, like it kind of hardens you a little bit to be like, I know everything that I can go through and then some, and still come out on top. When you don't win the belt, you kind of wonder, and you have those questions about yourself, like, damn, could I have done this differently? Did I, do, did I leave anything out there in the ring? But Volk, man, Volk came out and just fucking showed why he's the elite of elite when it comes to the featherweight. And he was dropping bombs on
1: you ear, dog. I think after that fight, he moved up to the number two pound for pound. Should be number one Just in my after opinion. Johnny Bones Jones, and that's what a lot of the comments that I saw were a lot of people saying he should arguably be number one
0: because of the amount of fights that this dude has had to go through, dog. Like, this, he, like, I get it. John Jones is probably the most, he's the LeBron James of UFC, right? Where he's one of one, there never will be another Jones again, right? He's like a Shaq, a Jordan, whatever. But you're talking about Volk and his impressive record. This guy had. Beat Max Holloway a couple of times. Uh, kick, kicked the shit out of Young for the belt. Um, whooped the shit out of Brian Ortega to win a unanimous decision. That was a good fight. That was a great fight. This dude has fought some killers. You know what I mean? Max, He's fought Max Holloway three times. beating them him all three times. Max Holloway. You know? So it's not a step down ever in competition for this dude. He's always going after the best of the best and saying, let me go out there and whoop this guy. Not... Split decision, not unanimous decision. I'm gonna go out there and finish fights. That's what he did, and that's what he does. I think that he's really showing, you know, that he deserves his spot in the in the featherweight history books, so to speak. Obviously, gonna be a hall of famer. But I, at this point, it's like, what else can he do, right? Like, what else can he do? You know, there's a fight that against uh, Topura, who could possibly. Be his next matchup. He won against a uh, title contention match uh, against Josh Emmett. You know, he impressed. And, and he's probably the most likely opponent for, for Volkanovski. But I don't think that he provides a real threat to Volkanovski, man. This dude is just levels above everybody, bro. Levels, levels, levels above everybody. Uh, but Dana White, man, he knows how to put together fucking cards, dog. I swear he does. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that, dog. And even the next one that's coming up. Um, UFC 291. That shit's gonna be a banger, dog. That shit's gonna be a banger. That's dog that's the John Jones fight? No. Um, that's Poirier versus Gaethje. Oh yeah. Second time that it's, they're fighting for yeah, the BMF. Running it back. They're running it back, and they have a couple of um fights on that card too. That's gonna be pretty pretty spectacular towards the end of the month, July 29th. Uh, Pereira is fighting John Blacovich that night. Great fight. Paulo Costa is making his return. Tony Ferguson making a return um kevin holland's making a return on that card you know did
1: tony ferguson get arrested recently
0: nah i think he got in trouble for being drunk but i don't think that he got arrested i think they wrote him a citation and shit
1: and didn't paulo costa take brian ortega's girl and aren't they beefing on twitter yes they are yes they are i saw that recently too
0: yeah right it's weird dog. imagine seeing that shit shit in the back she's she's a fighter too yeah but imagine you see that shit backstage like yo you well, this guy's doing my ex awkward. I'm like, yo cut let me talk to you <laughs> and what are you gonna do though? you're not gonna you're not gonna back down and both these guys are obviously fighters and are good at what they do but you don't wanna fight over a woman do you mm, depends on, Depend the woman. on the woman depends on the woman but yeah that's that next UFC card is gonna be amazing man UFC 291 um, July 29th from Salt Lake City Utah crazy how the UFC has just expanded to all these places bro but it makes sense man because it's it's the sport that brings the most action you know and even that day it's going to be interesting because july 29th i think that's the earl spence fight too versus crawford that she's going to be fire um and of course i'm going to be doing the breakdown with vic but um shout out to vic man you know he's heading to australia to cover the women's world cup it's Mm, crazy fucking vic man um what the hell was i talking about oh spencer crawford yeah they're fighting the same night in Vegas. so so it's going to be interesting to see like the, the vegas yeah yeah, in Vegas. Um, it's going to be interesting to see like what the numbers do for both events, right? Because this is a stacked card versus pretty much the fight of the year when it comes to boxing. After having such an amazing fight and performance between Ryan Garcia and um, what's his dude's name? Tank. Tank. Geronzi Tank Davis. That was a great fight. Sold a bunch of pay-per-views. This one's going to be even bigger. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that weekend looks, man. I'm interested to see how that weekend looks. Uh, Let's give a quick update on the Heat and Dame Lillard. It hasn't happened yet, so (laughs) that's all we got for you. Even though Dame came out and said it's only Miami, the GM Cronin comes out for Portland and says, you know, I'm willing to wait months to get this trade done yeah which is obviously <laughs> bullshit just positioning
1: but and the only other thing is that there are multiple teams that are interested in tyler hero and are willing to give up a first round pick for him which is good for the heat which would help facilitate this
0: trade absolutely man um one thing that i have to ask you though Dog, because i made a post about it and i kind of gave my feedback to Rax and, and to poyo shout out to those guys um the nba in-season tournament that they're announcing i don't want to talk about it <laughs>
1: don't want to talk
0: about it dog so weird so (laughs) weird man and i don't and i don't understand it i kind of want to wait for more information to come out as far as like how this shit's going to work and what the players think about it but what the
1: purpose of it is like it's not the nba championship (sighs) why why are they trying to start something new for professionals you want my opinion i think that in the middle of the nba season
0: i think that they're taking a book out of champions league the Champions League is the is probably the most popular tournament in the world. Obviously, soccer yeah, is the most a popular. Tournament
1: within a tournament. But it's a
0: tournament within the regular season right. of other leagues or whatnot. Sure. But the only difference in that is that they figured out the logistics for this shit a long time ago. Right? The Champions League, European League, that shit got figured out a long time ago. And it still works to today. They've made changes to it, but it still works to today. They're talking about like these games, this in-season tournament, counting games towards your regular season standings so like
1: yeah because it's part of the same thing
0: you get what i'm saying so like it's 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 weird how they're trying to make this shit work i like the idea of an in-season tournament Uh,
1: i don't know but
0: you got to make that shit different it can't be the same team that i'm looking at and that's and that's part of the draw to champions league right you're you're playing a team from spain and your team is uh, a club from england cool england versus spain or a team from fucking saudi arabia africa
1: whatever they're all mixed in there sure
0: this is the regular fucking season dog like we're seeing the same team that i would have seen on a regular wednesday night that's
1: that's exactly the point point. it's like and why like what is what is the covetedness of this award like this you're just gonna make it up and come out with a new trophy and i saw i saw them premiering and they had a bunch of the young players around them you could tell there was no veterans like long-term because like the fuck like get that shit out my face bro the only thing that matters is the nba championship
0: and even because it's that it's not a big deal because not nobody not one person on that fucking stage was even wearing a suit Like not even like clean up, like a button up, or maybe just a sport jacket. Nah. Nothing. Everybody's chilling like you and I are dressed right yeah, now. Well. Just shows you how much the NBA is just trying to find ways to to get extra viewers, bro. But it's not my problem. Not my chair. I'm still going to be watching the fucking heat.
1: Yeah. That's all we care about. What we need to worry about is Bally's get, getting rid of that Bally's get together. All right. We need get to be able together. to get this shit on regular access cable on Hulu. Damn it. We're done with that God bullshit. Damn it, Pat. I don't think it's Pat man Well Pat needs to get on it somehow Figure it out Pat I guess man I guess we can
0: wrap up the show on Pat man Pat get on it And what you guys got to do is tell a friend to tell a friend (laughs) to tell one more friend to tell everybody that they know and tell Pat Riley while they're at it, (laughs) tell this guy to keep the energy up and let everybody know, man, that we're bringing you these episodes on a weekly basis. We're still on the way to 300 on our YouTube channel. So make sure to tell a friend to subscribe to that. And if you haven't done so already on your phone, grab somebody else's phone and do it. And until next time, y'all peace.